All right, well, let's take our Bibles this evening and jump right into our Bible study. And, of course, we're in the book of Galatians on Wednesday evenings, and we're coming very, very quickly to the end of it. And it has taken us a little while to get through it, but I don't want to rush necessarily through the Word of God, especially as we study on Wednesday evenings, verse by verse and chapter by chapter as we go through these wonderful books of the Bible. But uh, we'll be in Galatians chapter 6 this evening, and primarily we'll be in verses 6 through 10. But uh, as many of you remember, as we came to this chapter in Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 6, we began looking at some very practical uh, applications, some very pointed, simple instructions, just really some plain old good practical advice that uh, Paul is giving to his Galatian friends, to the Galatian believers, especially as it pertains to their new life in Christ, as, especially as it pertains to their newfound family, that is the family of God. But he's giving them some great, just practical advice. And one of the first pieces of advice that he gave as we consider Galatians chapter 6, is this one found in verse number 1. And it's this, to restore a brother that's overtaken in a fault. And just as a reminder, we're all made of the same dirt. We're all tempted with the same temptation that is common to man. And therefore, every single one of us is capable of being overtaken in a fault and falling. And when that does happen, we... As believers, we should try to restore or mend that relationship and fellowship in love. Why? Because as Paul said, considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted. So we have a responsibility as a family of God, as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if it's possible to restore a brethren, a brother who is overtaken in a fault. As the Bible says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. The spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Then last time, last Wednesday, we saw another piece of practical advice as it pertains to the family of God. When we came to verses 2 through 5, and that was this, helping a burdened brother. And again, we all face burdens, don't we? We all face the strains of life, the stresses of life, the sorrows of life, the difficulties of life of life, and life sometimes just has a way of uh, weighing us down. Anybody else feel that weight from time to time? Right. We all do. We all face the burdens of, of life. We can. But as a part of the family of God, how are we to help in this area? What are we to do? Well, the Bible's clear. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to share in the burden that we, we can have from time to time by lifting each other up. Whether it's physical, mental, emotion, emotional, even spiritual, trying to lift one another up. Basically, here's how we do that, is encouraging each other in the Lord. Encouraging each other as we bear burdens. You just never know, listen, you just never know what little bit of encouragement that you may give to someone who's struggling. How helpful that may be. Whether it's just a simple smile, a simple, hey, how you doing? Hey, prayed for you today. I'm telling you, you just never know. Just a little bit of encouragement how far it really goes. Especially for someone who is absolutely burdened. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Then as we move on in chapter number 6, we find some more practical applications and practical principles, if you will, 
of, uh, as it comes to our new life in Christ, our new family in, in Christ, and that's this one. It's found in verses 6 through 10, and it's the principle of sowing and reaping. All right, so let's look at it together. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 6, the Bible says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are the household of faith. Our Father, as we come to the Word of God again this evening, I pray that you'd help us to dive right into it, to help us to focus in, help me to preach, to teach the Word of God, because I know without you I can do nothing. And may, this, may these thoughts, may this message, may this, this uh, teaching this evening be very helpful, very clear and understandable, and may we apply it to our very lives each and every day. These practical advice, practical principles that Paul has given to the Galatians, he's given to us as well today. We love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the first thing I'd like for us to see from this portion of Scripture this evening as we dive into it is this. Number one, notice the principle, all right? The principle of sowing and reaping. Now, as we dive into this, keep in mind Paul has been writing. He's been writing to the Galatian believers here and trying to make it very clear, very clear that they are no longer, these uh, believers, they are no longer under the law. As the Judaizers were trying to put them back under that burden, right, under that law, they're no longer under the law. The Mosaic law is no longer a yoke that these believers, these Christians had to wear ever since the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's, the law is no longer binding on the believer. They are free in Christ and because, because of Christ. So the law is not the main driving force or factor behind the motivation any longer other believer's life, or even in a believer's service. No, we now have a different motivation, and it's this one, be reminded. It is love. Love has replaced a law. It is the main driving force behind the believer's behavior, meaning we do what we do. We serve. Uh, we restore a fallen brother. We encourage the burden of the brother. We sow, we plant, we reap, all because of Christ's love for us, which leads for our love to Him and our love for the brethren. Christ's love, listen, is what connects our love for Him and for everyone else. The Bible says in 1 John four nineteen, we love Him because He first loved us. Love is our motivation. Paul has tried to make that pretty clear throughout his writings and even in Galatians. But he said this as well, 2 Corinthians five fourteen, for the love of of Christ constraineth us. Love is a big motivating factor. It is no longer the law, all right? The, the letter of the law, as the Judaizers were trying to, trying to paint, all right, or trying to push, really. Uh, that's what they were trying to do. But listen, as Paul paints a principle, a, if I can say it this way, a law, it's not what they're talking about. It's not that same kind of principle or law that the Judaizers were trying to, trying to bring in at this time. Listen, no, it's not, that, it's not that at all. But yet there's a principle that Paul is trying to get across that we can take even today and apply it to our 
lives and it's the principle of the law of the soil, if I can say it that way. It is this very applicable principle of sowing and reaping. It's very important. Now, who here, let me ask you, who here likes to, likes to garden? You like to plant stuff. You like to plant veggies or flowers. and all, Yeah, me too, all right? And I'm going to count to three, and you tell me what's your, your favorite thing to plant, all right? One, two, three. Three of you like some stuff. That's good, okay? Uh, I like some of those things too. And uh, we like to plant some things. We didn't really get a garden going this year. It may not be too, too late to plant some things, but, uh, but we like to do that. Now, let me ask you. When you plant your favorite, whatever it is, flower or vegetable, uh, when you plant that, what do you expect to spring up? So let's just say you like corn. I like corn. So if you plant corn, do you expect okra to spring up? Of course not. No, we don't expect that to spring up. Why? Because that's not what you planted. That's not what you sowed. If you plant corn, you expect corn to grow. Of course, that's what we expect because that's what we put in the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, God has ordained that we reap what we sow, that we gather what we have planted. And if this was not the case, if this principle was not the case, if this principle was not in place in every single farm in all the world, guess what? They would go absolutely crazy. (laughs) They'd go crazy because there would be an absolute chaos in the agricultural industry. Uh, you, you can imagine, Rick Moss is our, our local apple grower here, comes to church here, one of our deacons here. But can you imagine Rick Moss, of course, planting apples and expecting apples to come? But it goes out to get a, um, a crop this year, and all of a sudden, instead of apples, he has pineapples. That'd be nuts. I mean, that'd be crazy. Or even worse, he goes out to get a, a crop of apples, and he finds beets growing on the apple tree. I mean, good night. You might as well burn the whole field now. Nobody wants that. Uh, but that's just insane to think that was, that's what could happen. But listen, this, the law, the principle, the law of sowing and reaping, planting, and over time gathering, that principle is ordained of God. Because without this law, the whole cause and effect would absolutely fail. Sowing and reaping is a great principle that we all must understand. Yes, when it comes to farming, all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the spiritual application is coming. But understand the principle of what we plant, you're going to get. There's no way around it. All right. So number one, the principle. Number two, the planting. The planting, meaning what we plant. In farming terms, what we put in the ground, what we sow. Now, there are many things we can sow Many things we could put in the ground. Of course, the plant life we think of, the vegetables, all that stuff, yes. Uh, Putting physical seeds in the ground and expecting physical type of fruit. Put watermelon seed, you want watermelon. Want pumpkin seed, you want pumpkin. That kind of thing, we understand that. But there's other ways of planting as well. Other things we can sow in a more spiritual way. We can sow kindness, generosity, love, joy, grace, truth. Mercy, of course, many other things. We also sow hatred, anger, greed, animosity, lying, covetousness, whatever. You fill in the blank. And from those seeds we sow, whatever it may be, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get the fruit of what you sow. And in the context of this principle of sowing and reaping is not necessarily the things I listed. 
But Paul is talking specifically of this thing. He's speaking of giving. And I want to show that to you in verse number 6. The Bible says, Let him that is taught in the word communicate. That's the word there. Circle that if you will. Communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now this word here, uh, communicate, when we think of this word, many times we think of communication as in talking, right? Or conversing. Is that what comes to your mind when you read the word communicate? That's what comes to my mind. That's how we use it in, in today's terms. But that's not exactly what he's getting at here. Or rather, this word communicate here, it means to come into communion with, to fellowship with, or become a sharer together. That's what it means here. And sharing, giving, was one of the great marks of the first century church, as Paul is even in the context of that first century church. Do you remember what they did in Acts chapter number 2? When they, the church began in Acts chapter number 2 and in uh, verse 41 through 47, the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the day, same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, that eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But these people here, they shared, they gave, they sowed, they shared of their possessions, their property, of their goods, meaning their, their wealth. This, this is what they did. But notice again the motivation behind it all. It was their love. Love for who? It was love for Christ. Christ's love for them, which in turn made them love the Lord and love one another. It changed them. It changed them completely. And this was seen in how they interacted with one another. It was seen in how, in how they behaved one toward another. And yeah, it was even seen and how they gave one toward another. You see, they gave themselves first to the Lord, absolutely. And then once God had their hearts, God could have anything He wanted. That's how, that's how it works. God could have anything He wants. Why? Because, well, he, he is mine, I am His. He can have it all, it's His anyway. But the Bible makes it plain for us in the text that there are two main ways, all right, two main areas in our life, or two main soils, if you will, if I can say it that way, in which we give which we plant, which we sow. And the first one is this, back in our text in Galatians chapter 6, in verse number, verse number, uh, let's see here, number, number 8, all right? The first one is this, For he that soweth to his flesh, that's the first way, first way to sow, first way to give, or what we plant in, could be the flesh. And it's absolutely true that uh, we could sow or give our material goods to promote this to promote the flesh. But once that giving is, is, is made there, once that money or material gain is sown in the flesh or given to fleshly things, then it will only bring a harvest of, as the Bible says in verse 8, flesh reap corruption. That's the harvest of sowing or giving to or giving into and giving to the flesh. Now this word corruption here means decay 
or perishing. Basically, it means something that will not last, okay? It will not last. Maybe shiny at first, but give it time, it'll definitely darken and vanish away. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Uh, look, there are many things we could give towards, many uh, things we can have our treasure to, to invest in. And if it's the flesh, then listen, it's just going to decay. Uh, that reward is just going to be to perish. That reward is just going to be corruption. And that kind of investment into that type of corruptive soil, into the flesh, there is no return. There is no eternal return, at least. So that sounds like a very terrible investment to me. Anybody like here, you like to invest? Anybody's investors here? Okay, anybody? No, I need to talk to you. Okay, but anyway, just kidding. But that'd be a, if you're an investor, you'd say, man, that's a terrible investment because you're not getting any return. Well, you're right. You're right. But that's what happens many times. People invest fleshly, carnally, worldly. And it's something that can never be reclaimed. But there's a second area. Another soil, if you will, in which we can plant, which we can sow, which we can invest. And that is this. Look at it again, verse number 8. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. So the other soil we can invest in is the Spirit or spiritual things. Listen, when we give our material, when we give our money, and when we give that to the things of the Lord and the spiritual things then this type of investment, listen, will outlive us. And one day we will meet it in eternity. Again, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 through 21. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. There's no corruption in that investment. There's no decay in that investment. Where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, listen, it's a question I had to ask myself even today, and I want to ask you as well. Where is our hearts on the matter of planting, on the matter of sowing, on the matter of giving, or lack thereof? Because our hearts will tell on us, because again, where our treasure is, there will your heart be also. There's plenty of ways we can invest into eternity, into spiritual things in a spiritual way, towards spiritual opportunities. There's plenty of ways to do so uh, through giving through our local church to invest that way, all for the furtherance of the gospel and for the work of the ministry. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. There's a planting where we give it into that really matters. And then I see this, number three, the proportion. All right. Now, as we give, it's true, those to whom we give, they do get a blessing. It, it, they do. But understand this great truth. The giver, I believe, gets the greater blessing. Meaning the giver will reap more than he sowed. Again, I'm going to go back to the analogy of farming. When you sow, let's say when you plant just one kernel of corn you want corn this year going back to that i like corn all right but you're going you're going to plant corn this year you put one seed into the ground maybe two or three because you need some you want to make sure one of them one of them blooms right one of them comes up 
So you put three seeds into the ground, hoping for one stalk to come up. When you plant one of them, how many do you think you will get in return during the harvest? Do you know how many um, kernels on an ear of corn? Anybody know off the top of your head? I didn't either. I had to look it up. Google is a great resource, you know. But I had to look it up. It's anywhere, depending on, of course, the size of the ear of corn, but it's anywhere from 500 to 1,200 kernels of corn on one ear. So on average, on average, 800 kernels of corn on one ear. Then, on that stalk, let's just be conservative and say you only get two ears of corn on that one stalk. And some, some stalks you can get three, and I've even heard even six. I've never grew corn that well to have six ears of corn, all right, on one stalk. But, but let's just say you get two, okay? So you could have off of one stalk from one kernel of corn, 16, average, 1,600 kernels of corn, all from one seed that was planted. Now, I'm not a very smart man. Don't say amen. I'm not a very smart man. <laughs> But that sounds like a very good return and that you got more than you gave when it comes to sowing and reaping. Put that in a spiritual perspective. When it comes to, as Paul is getting at your new life in Christ, when it comes to the family of God, and you're sowing into that, you're going to get more than you ever, than you ever give. I am not a prosperity gospel preacher. I don't even know what those guys, I don't think they know what they really believe. But understand something. I've heard this before, and I believe it, but you cannot outgive God. You can't. There's no possible way to outgive, outgive the Lord. He will always give you more than you give, give unto Him. You know, it's interesting to me in this area of giving that the Lord invites us to to prove him. And that means to test or even examine. And the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 10, when the Bible says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. He says, prove me, test me to see if this principle of sowing and reaping in the matter of giving is true or not. I'm telling you, it is. It is so absolutely 100% true. We are always, listen, we're always going to gain more, get more from the Lord than we ever give. That's just how it works. Just how it works. Now, some may think, well, yeah, I've, I've I heard what you're saying, and I, I understand the farming analogy. But if you're using that same farming analogy, I've put seeds in the ground, and they've failed to come up. I've put seeds in the ground, and they've failed to produce. I've, I've had plants come up and then quickly die. And I didn't reap anything from all the work and the giving and the planting, the sowing that I've, that I've done. Well, I understand the farming analogy of that, too. I'm not, I'm not a great uh, gardener or farmer or whatever. I've had plenty of that happen to me. But understand, when it comes to our spiritual seed sowing, to our giving, our, our sowing is by faith in the things of God. Understand when it comes to that, we're not operating, though, in uncertainties. We're not operating with uncertain elements that surround us like you would when you're actually farming or gardening. Rather, we're operating on this, number four, the promise of God. Look at it with me in verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, 
For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now in this verse, did Paul say that we, sh- we might reap if we faint not? Or, or we hope to reap one day if we faint not? Or we might reap if we're good enough and give enough or yada yada or whatever it may be. Is it, is it then we will reap if we... No. No, the Bible says this. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. We shall reap if we faint not. Absolutely, this is a promise. Sowing and reaping is an absolute promise from the Word of God, and God cannot lie. It's impossible. Titus 1, verse 2. It's impossible for God to lie. Listen, there's a promise. This is how we operate. On the promises of God, not on the hope so. No, it's by faith in God, believing what He's said. And the principles He puts forth plainly in Scripture. And here's one of them, of sowing and reaping. So we see the principle. We see the planting. We see the proportion. We see the promise. But who are we to give toward? All right, lastly and quickly is this, number five. I want to see the people. Look at verse number 10. Verse number 10, it says this, And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. So who are we to do good to? Who are we to give to? Who are we to sow toward? Well, we are to give as we can, when we can, when we have an opportunity to, to all men. But specifically, Look at it again, verse 10. Specifically, especially unto them that are the household of faith. Again, he has given these principles. He has given these practical applications, just plain old good advice. Their new life they have with a new family, the family of God in the household of faith. This is one of them. Giving one to another, helping one another. It's just all part of it. It's all connected here. It really is in every bit that he's talking, talking about. So this is how we can sow. And know we're sowing righteously and rightly and spiritually is special to them, the household of faith. Do good to all men. Do what you can, yes. But if you're going to, there's only one way you can, to the household of faith, especially, especially to the household of faith. So this principle here is one that we should all add to our life, if we haven't already. But we need to add it to our life, this principle of sowing and reaping, planting, planting in right things and spiritual things. And you'll see, listen, honestly, the blessing of God is so real. It's there, I promise. You will see more than you ever give. It's, it's how God works, always, because we operate on the promise of God. That's how we work in this matter of sowing and reaping. So let me ask you this evening as we close, are you a sower? Have you been sowing, been giving that way? If you have, then you probably have seen the benefits of giving because you will reap in due season, in time. 